It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. All right, welcome to a new episode of the RSL Show. We're at the Zions Bank Training Center. Uh, this is a brand new show previewing the match upcoming to FC Dallas. My name is Andy Munoz, and I'm here with Tom Hackett. Tom, what's up, dude? Yeah, How you doing? Saying my name like that. Why? Because it's, it's it feels awkward and strange. And I need you to say my name for me because my. Me saying my name is, is not, not how I roll, dude. You're humble, dude. Everybody, everyone knows you in Salt Lake. You know that? Yeah, everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Wherever I go, they're like, do you know Tom Hackett? Yeah. Yeah. And I say no. Good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we just, uh, we got done talking to Brian Ovedo. So we have a cool interview upcoming with him. You talked to Pablo Mastroeni. Uh, the interview is also going to be on this episode too. What was kind of like the game plan going in into talking uh, to Pablo about the upcoming match, and then the matches ahead of that, knowing that uh, RSL needs to go point-heavy uh, in order to kind of stay in the playoffs. Yeah, well, it's um, it's a pretty pivotal game when you look at it. Eight games left. They're four points clear of uh, their next competitor, sitting in the fifth position in the West. But it's all pretty tight. I think it's like ten points separate Colorado, who are in 11th, and FC Dallas, who are in third or, or something along those lines so you go FC Dallas Minnesota at home and then LAFC on the road all three of those games against teams higher than you on the on the standings and so uh, I was interested to hear his thoughts on FC Dallas obviously a tough place to play down there in in Texas this time of year to be muggy and humid um, and then you come back midweek and and then obviously go to LAFC to, to finish it out but um I don't know it's interesting I I, I think I think I think it'll be a test. And I said to Pablo, I said if you can get six points from nine games, I reckon you'll secure yourself a, a home home playoff game for the first time since 2019. So um, we'll see what happens. It all starts FC Dallas. You look at those three games though, Andy, and I reckon, and correct me if I'm wrong, you go FC Dallas, Minnesota, certainly the two most likely games to pick up points. Yeah. LAFC on the road, although. Real Salt Lake's had success there in the past. It's it's difficult. Um, and you don't have Demir. And you don't have Demir this time, who always seems to be the savior. So, yeah, you got you got to pick up three points against FC Dallas, who's a good team. 
but they um, they're coming off a four 0 defeat to Nashville. Was that was that assistant coach Matty Taylor driving a Sprinter van? <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to the airport. They got a ton of Pelican cases, so uh, yeah. okay, that's not his normal car. Yeah, and Brian Ovedo's over there. He's hopping into what looks like an expensive vehicle. Good for him. There are a lot of nice cars in this yeah. parking lot. Yeah. Yours included. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ken Garf, dude. I used the KSL. <laughs> I used the KSL discount, and then I went to my boss and said, "Hey, I'm quitting." <laughs> Anyways, I'll, I'll still be there with KSL, and uh, also happy to announce that I'll still be doing RSL show content, and I'm gonna try to still come out to trainings with you, even with like the new I, job I on need, the horizon. I need you. I need you. Yeah. Thanks, I need man. You. Thanks. I don't want you. I need you. All right. <laughs> I, I wish more people felt that way. Um, yeah. No, it's a tough stretch for uh, Real Salt Lake, but I think FC Dallas pretty winnable. Um, Minnesota at home, you would hope that they would win there. Yep. LAFC, um, it's tough, but it's also, you never know what's going to happen, but you know, with Chelaney and Bale and the roster that they've got, uh, it, it's almost, it, it'd almost be foolish to think that a result is guaranteed in LAFC, and, and especially in front of a tough crowd like that. Uh, but uh, you never know. You never know what's going to happen in this league, and that's what Pablo said verbatim. It'll be it'll be fascinating, um, but this is what this is why we follow the sport. This is why we uh, watch Real Salt Lake because games like these that are upcoming will be um, will be exciting. I'm trying to. Uh, I asked Pablo and he didn't. Well, I didn't really ask him, but uh, Jesus Ferreira he didn't play in that Nashville defeat. Um, Ariola did, although he got subbed off midway through the second half. So I um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if Ferreira will play. I don't know why he didn't play against Nashville, I must admit. I don't know if there was yellow card accumulation because he picked up a yellow card in the match previously, uh, previous to Nashville, or if there's an injury there. But that'll be key too, you know, to have Jesus Ferreira and uh, Ariola, arguably, you know, two of the better attacking duos in um, in all of major league soccer so you've got to be you got to be careful and what's what's kind of scary I, I did ask Pablo this you'll hear Pablo's answer but I said is it good or bad that uh, that FC Dallas are coming off a 4-0 defeat you know and and I guess that, that that's kind of up in the air we'll wait and see we'll see how they respond because um you know it's never fun coming off big defeats like that Real Salt Lake had a 6-0 defeat earlier in the year they responded well following that so we'll see what see what FC Dallas is made of but they're um they they have a sour taste uh, in their mouth at the minute due to the um the poor result that they're coming off against Nashville who do you uh do, do you see another goal from uh Scordova yes is that his new nickname yeah you just that's what people no I didn't no I didn't I can't take credit for that people online are saying that I think it originated from Facebook Scordova it's good huh Scordova's amazing you know what's funny about that it's like a month ago people were asking for Rubio Rabin to be the starting strike and I'm going no 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 you just got to give him time give him time he's he's, he's three games now Three goals, yeah, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you back him? He's on a he's on a run, and he looks good. We, we've been going down to training a fair bit, and see, uh, see, see you, Nacho. And uh, he looks good. Like his yeah. finishing is improving. He's looking more confident. His chest is broader. His shoulders are yeah. straighter. Like he just looks more confident as a human than he did uh, a month or two ago. So it'll be um, it'll be fun. I'll back him. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I would say Cordova. I, I can see Savarino also pulling one back. Um, it's a fun team, man. And uh, I know, although there's a lot of criticism on the coach and the front office, and uh, of course, everybody saw the ESPN article about Pablo and Ochoa. And you know, it's funny because everyone's kind of interpreting uh, that article. Uh, whichever way favors their narrative. Well, can I just say something quickly? Because in the article, 
it talks about how like Pablo really didn't communicate with David. Can I just like go on the record and say that that is not correct? Yeah. I I've played, and this isn't a humble brag or anything. I've been fortunate enough to play a few rounds of golf with Pablo over the summer, and or and he's been very transparent with me on the golf course. And, and and I play with other people around the club as well. And, and, and the narrative from everybody that I've spoken to, whether it be on the golf course, at training, or just via text message or phone calls, I know that Pablo and David have had multiple meetings over the summer where they have communicated with each other. Pablo has done everything he can to try and help David, and it didn't work out for whatever reason. I, I'm not so sure. But for David to go on the record and say that he that Pablo didn't communicate, that that is... I have, I have issue with that because yeah. I know that's not accurate. What do you feel, or I mean, do you feel like Ochoa is top five MLS goalkeepers, and the the pay that he was asking for? Do you feel like that is warranted by Ochoa? No. Why not? Because he's not a top five goalkeeper. He's not a t- top ten goalkeeper. He's not even starting for DC United. I mean, he he was on track to become potentially a top five, top three goalkeeper in Major League Soccer in three to four years' time, but he's still really young. Goalkeepers take a while to develop, and they don't hit their peak around the age of 30 anyway. So it was going to take him some time. He was offered $400,000 towards the start of the 2021 season. He said no to it. Okay, he had bad representation. He didn't listen to his agent. His agent didn't listen to him. He changed agents. He should have taken 400000 He was on eighty to 100000 I don't know what he was thinking. Um, and he had a good year last year, but let's it, let's stop pretending like it was this amazing campaign. He saved one penalty against Seattle. He played well against LAFC on the road. He saved a Carlos Vela penalty. Like he did well, but he wasn't a top ten goalkeeper. He still, you look at the numbers. His numbers were just all right. What was the point? Uh, I had seen it on Twitter. Dane St. Clair making around what three hundred k. Yeah, three three fifty. Um, had been on the MLS All Star roster. Mm-hmm. Comes from Europe. Uh, a well-known keeper, uh, David Ochoa, feel like he deserves more than Dane St. Clair? No, that's my point. Is Dane St. Clair is a top five goalkeeper in Major League Soccer, and he's on three hundred to three fifty after signing a three-year deal. So, it's just to me, it's ludicrous. The whole hopefully one day, and hopefully one day soon, I'll be able to um, to sit down with folks and actually get a story together, and um, and share a slightly different narrative than what uh, Jeff Carlisle from ESPN shared yesterday but yeah it infuriates me because I like a lot of the people around this club and I believe in 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 their ability to communicate with people and manage and uh, I think there were issues that arose with David Ochoa and it certainly wasn't perfect from the club side but it, it it's not nearly as bad as as what some people are making it out to be and um yeah. You know, know. It, it was tough. You know, we uh, we you know not only yourself but even at the RSL show, we had a little bit of quote unquote intel on the situation. So kind of seeing the people's reactions, especially with you know calling for the front office, calling for Elliot Fall, calling basically out on the notion saying that this club doesn't value you know upcoming players. Somebody saying they don't value Hispanic players, which I think is crazy as a Hispanic myself. Um, it was hard to kind of hear those narratives and not kind of try and poke back with, hey, here's a little bit of truth. But um, we were also just kind of waiting to see what was going to come out. And so I'm glad the ESPN article did come out because it's going to shed some light, but also it's going to probably prompt some people 
uh, to come out and talk on the matter because I, I liked what you said. I think it was like a month ago. You're like, they're not, you know, Real Salt Lake's not going to come out and just slander David Ochoa. And I don't know, man. It's it's tough. It, it, it's kind of, I mean, I get that Ochoa spoke to ESPN, but why, dude? Like, you've moved on to DC United. Things are going okay for you. So I don't know. Maybe he really loved it here and maybe he wanted to stay here. So who knows I think he did like it here I think he enjoyed his time here I just don't think the last year of his existence in Utah went the way he was hoping it would go and for that reason it was probably time for a change but there was so much that unfolded within that 12 month span that I think the writing was on the wall for for both parties I think David Ochoa wanted to leave I think the club wanted him to leave too I think they were done and um yeah, especially with the uh, whole, like, player altercations, yeah. right, that they were talking about, yeah. the dust-up with, like, Justin Miram or whatever. I mean, and it was kind of weird that they singled him out. Uh, listen, I'll, what I will say is, dude, when I went to Tucson preseason training, and this is coming from a David Ochoa fan. I'm a David Ochoa fan. I love the guy. I, I, I hope he does well. But there was a situation where he – it wasn't like a face-to-face or a dust-up or anything like that, but Ochoa – Maybe went to say something under his breath, said it a little loud about a veteran player, like profane stuff to the point where, you know, I'm shooting practice. I'm like, I I, I can't use this because Ochoa's saying some like pretty messed up stuff right now that would go bad for him if it was shown to the public. Right. Yes. And and I know in that ESPN article, I think it was Justin Miram, right? That was the one singled out. And we don't need to share names at this point, but there were multiple players on the roster that approached Pablo and assistant coaches and the front office members and you know even John Kimball the president was involved saying like we can't have him at training he's a he's a cancer to the dressing room he's bad on the training pitch he doesn't care like there were multiple people reports of missing matches that he was scheduled to play not for necessarily for the first team but uh, when they were doing like that European uh, tour he was meant to be on that roster and three days before, or a week before, however long it was, for the first Monarch session ahead of that little, yeah, that when Chelsea and, and Wolves yeah. came into town, he just didn't show up to training. So then they didn't put him on the roster because he wasn't going to show up. If he didn't show up to training, he's probably not going to show up to a game. And so they just said, okay, enough's enough. Like, yeah. So a, a lot of what unfolded was was his own undoing. I, I mean, if you don't show up to training, what do you expect to happen, Andy? Yeah. And... And more so, it's like, well, what do you do as a, as a club, right, as an FO? Uh, do you keep him on the roster and then you get embarrassed because Ochoa doesn't show up to an actual match? It's, it's, it's a little tough to navigate. Like, this, is what, this is what upsets me. And, and by the way, like fans and followers of the David Ochoa situation, I can understand the frustration. He was in line to be the next great, potentially, MLS goalkeeper. The club could have sold him to Europe at some point in, in the future for a ton of money and profited a bunch and used that to invest in other young, attractive talents from around the world. It didn't work out, and it's not all David Ochoa's fault, and it's not all the club's fault. It's a two-horse race. They both made mistakes, but one side of the story seems to be more prevalent than the other, and I think that's a little unfair. Uh, And I think fans, now that have been following this are starting to believe one side more than they are the other because that's the narrative that they're being given. So um, just move on. Like, it didn't work out. Who cares? He, 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 you know, the club, here's what I'll say. The club right now is better without David Ochoa. 
and I, I think I'd be crazy to say that 12 months ago, but from what's unfolded and everything that's gone down, without question, the club is in a better place now. They don't have to deal with any of that nonsense. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll wrap it up. And thank you so much, dude, for coming on here. We're going to, I want to do more episodes with you too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in the parking lot, man. It's totally fine. Yeah, Pablo Mastrini drove by earlier, and I offered to trade cars with him, and he he laughed. He literally laughed, right? He didn't even answer. <laughs> no, <laughs> I said, "You want to trade cars?" He goes, ha, 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 and drove off. Uh, <laughs> um, we like to do predictions. Okay. Uh, maybe you're not, you know. Uh, I'll do predictions. All right, maybe you. All right, all right, you'll do predictions. So. Dallas FC, like you said, coming off a 4-0 loss. Uh, I feel like we've got a strong RSL team, but again, it's in Dallas. It's humid. It's musky. It's you shower, step outside, and you're like gross again, right? Um, how do you see this match going, man? What 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 are the score predictions? And uh, if you're giving me a, a score prediction, say like 3-0, 4-0, 2-1, 2-1, scoring the goals? Where are they coming from? Oh wow, okay, you want me to go in depth? So I said to Pablo, I reckon you'll pick up. I hope you will pick up six games. Six points in the potential nine over the next three. And I just don't think you're going to pick up a point or three, for that matter, in LAFC. So I'm going to say 3-2, RSL. I reckon Dallas are going to come out guns a-blazing after that 4-0 defeat. They're going to be upset with themselves, which will leave if RSL can kind of defend uh, in, in, in a compact shape early in the match. It'll open up avenues as the match progresses. Score Dover, I reckon, has a brace. Yeah. Okay. Oh, come on. We got a bloody dump truck coming down. <laughs> come on, lads. That's our, that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's our cue to wrap it up. All right, we'll let it pass. I, li- I love the branding on the dump truck. You've seen that? Yeah. Around town? I haven't. That's the first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. You put RSL on a dumpster truck, <laughs> you know? Really cheap advertising. Yeah, okay. All right, so wait, wait. Cor- Cordova. What? Two goals. Two goals. So cooled over. I reckon. Uh, yeah, I think he has a brace. Wow. And then I think. Um, you know who I think may score? Laughlin. No. Although I do like Ruiz. Jasper. I think Pablo scores a worldie from thirty-five. All right. Top bin. Jimmy Bulldog Bullard would be proud. A little knuckle. A little knuckle. Sneaking it into the top bin. Top left. Yeah. And. Uh, I think he gets us over the line. What's your, who do you think is going to score? What's the score, Andy? Munoz? Uh, I, would, I would say, I'll say 2-0, and I'll say Brace for Cordova, too. Ah. Yeah. Score, uh, his Scordova. My bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware. Uh, Scordova. I, I just want to go easy, 2-0, Brace. Go in, get out, three points, you know, fly back home the night of for the team, and then just be ready to take on the next match. Minnesota. Minnesota, midweek. midweek. By the way, I'm going to have a story coming out for that game. Uh, bring a teddy bear. Oh. Bring a teddy bear to the Minnesota game. <laughs> There's something going down. You know what's cool? I'll, I'll just share it to, for you real quick. We've got blowers and dump trucks, so I'll try and make this quick. Uh, it's kick childhood cancer night at the riot for the Minnesota game. When RSL scores the first goal... Fans are encouraged to throw teddy bears onto the pitch, and hopefully, if you know twenty thousand teddy bears get thrown, it'll be quite a scene. Uh, it's kind of been taken from ice hockey; have done it on Christmas. They throw teddy bears; they give it out to charity. Wow. If Real Salt Lake gets fined from the league because they're not meant to do this, the Blitzer Group, the ownership, Ryan Smith, will match the uh, fine that they have to pay and uh, pay it towards a certain charity that's name is mistaken me. I think it's five for the fight. 
But I'll have all the details in a story that I'm going to publish today, which is uh, Friday, August... What is the date today, Andy? 29th? 26th, you sicko. Oh, wow. Get yeah. us out of here. Hey, I'll miss you. Have fun at your new job, and I hopefully uh, yeah. see you soon in parking lots. Yeah, I'll still be around, man. I'll still be around. Uh, I, I, I definitely, you know, we sold this show to Nate Dowdle at KSL Sports. Me quitting doesn't mean that he's getting out of pain for this show. That's for sure. Okay. All right, take it easy, guys. Hey, thanks, guys, so much for listening. Tom Hackett. Follow him at Tom Can't Hackett on uh, Twitter, Instagram. All the socials, uh, former punter for the Utah Utes. Dude, I love I love saying that even though it's been like years since you've been over there, man. All right, dude. Love you. Love you more. Uh, Pablo, how's the week been? It's been a good week. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been good to get uh, Brian in and, and Danny uh, in with the group. Uh, so making some progress as far as getting to, uh, a full clientele players available. As we move forward to this last stretch, the energy's been good, mentality's been great, um, so we're prepared to head to Dallas. I put a story out yesterday about the health of the group and how it seems to be getting in, uh, or at least going in the right direction. It's not not where you'd want it to be, I'm sure, but um, do you think that that acts as some sort of lift for the group, knowing that you know there are going to be, they are hopefully going to be at full strength when they need to be? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, and again, I think the the competition piece is really important down the stretch as well. And, and whilst you want to have a settled team. You want, to, you want to make sure that uh, you're competing the right way every day in training. And the only way to create that is to have players that, uh, you know, are in good form and, and competing for those spots. So I think uh, bringing these guys in will not only create a good competitive environment, but will be necessary bodies as, as we head to uh, a stretch of games where we have quite a few in a week. We just spoke to Brian Oviedo for the first time, and um, it's pretty evident just speaking to him. He's um, he's an experienced lad that's been around the block a few times and understands what it takes to to uh, compete and perform at this level. He's also left-footed, uh, and he plays left-back, and you guys haven't had that luxury this year yet. Um, is that a headache? You're um, you're excited to attack? No, I, you know, I think um, one thing that, uh, you know, Brody's, uh, you know, shown everyone is that he's capable of playing on the right or left he's capable as a winger he's capable in the back um and so again i think this adds to uh a possibility for a rotation in 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 those outside back positions um given again that we're going to play quite a few games and it allows us to kind of keep uh the the formation the same oftentimes we're switching because we don't have enough players in, in certain positions so not only does he provide depth but he's he's a quality uh young man who's who's got uh, you know, a big tournament ahead of him and has a lot to play for. And the, in- the injection of his attitude, his experience, his professionalism in, in three short days has-, has been palpable, you know. So look forward to integrating him into the group as soon as possible. With, um, with Brody obviously excelling at both right back and left back this season, you've brought in Oviedo, who's a traditional left back. Do you think, have you noticed a change in Aaron Herrera? Not that Herrera's been bad. He came off such a good year last year. He's been okay this year, right? Uh, yeah, for reasons we don't quite know, but... Um, he hasn't been as good, I guess. Do you think he's, uh, how do I say it, on edge is probably the wrong wrong term to use, but certainly he needs to play well to, to keep his spot as opposed to prior to Oviedo coming here when he knew it was kind of his. I, I think that's professional sports. And again, I think there's there's a lot of things um, from a motivational standpoint that, that the staff and the club um, can provide, but I think it reaches a limit. I think real motivation is knowing that there's competition within the group and I think that'll ignite the best out of everyone um, and, and I think this week uh, more than others it was palpable that you could feel um, you know Aaron's game heightened his concentration heightened during the week 
Brody as well. Um, and so, again, I think when you're trying to get the best out of players, there's nothing more important than having players alongside that can step in and do just as good of a job. Jasper Lusterson went down for a split second last game, but he's seemed to respond okay. He'll be he'll be all right to make this trip. Yeah, Jasper goes down every training session, um, and I I think uh, it's a testament to his desire to put himself in harm's way, to win balls, to break up plays, to to to, to help his teammates out. You know, so uh, when he goes down, we're initially a, a bit concerned, uh, but, but give it about five minutes, and he seems to snap right back up. Uh, FC Dallas coming off a 4-0 defeat, which is um, strange to say given the form that they had been in, to Nashville, a pretty solid team. Um, is, that, is that good or bad when you look at it? doesn't matter, right? Maybe it doesn't even matter. Um, you know, I, I, for me, this game, this league is really about streaks. Um, and, and when you're in a good form and you're getting results, um, the confidence that you play with uh, is different than when you're kind of going up and down. You know, and I think us, we've, we've come off a good road victory against Seattle. Um, an unfortunate tie, but still a result at home. I think that's momentum that we can carry into uh, to Dallas. And, and from their perspective, uh, you know, obviously after you concede four goals and don't score any, there's question marks and a little bit of doubt. And so the onus is on us to really exploit that doubt and, 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 and find a way to put forth a good performance and, and get a good result. Um, when you look at FC Dallas... The two strikers, Jesus Ferrer didn't play in that Nashville game, but um, Ariola did. Are, are they the two kind of central pieces that you focus on? Yeah, um, you know, their their front three are really good. Yeah. And, 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 you know, one of the things that they've done really well as of recent is transition. Um, and when you have players with pace, technique, quality, and eye for goal um, – it's not necessarily when they have the ball, but it's when they don't have the ball and being aware of where they're at at all times. Because, again, I think they're, they're a really good transition team with those front three. Um, and so we got to be really diligent in the way we shape up behind the ball when we're in possession. So prior to last week, you were conceding the opening goal in, a, in any given game. More often than not, last week you got the opening goal, but you conceded late. So what's the focus point been on this week? Uh, it's the same. I, I think um, what you you'll – I mean, this league is – traditionally been historically been one that if you score the first goal you find yourself in a good way from a result perspective um that'll continue to be the focus as far as the late goal you know i think uh you know from a setup perspective we were all in great shape and it was just uh, an individual battle that we lost on that one play so for us it's uh again finding our way into the game whether it's you know starting with the ball but even if we have to defend for a little bit being comfortable in that in, in that that moment understanding that we're going to get our chance and when we do are we moving our team up the field are we are we counterattacking to try to score a goal but being comfortable and managing the game the right way and I think that's going to be the critical point for the next eight games um, because you're going to have times that you're going to be under it and you have to have the mental um, immunity to be able to withstand that and not cave and so that that'll be uh, the focus as we head for these towards these last uh, eight games do you have a pretty good idea as to to where you're going to create from and I guess what I mean by that do you, do you hope to create more centrally or do you think the wider areas are where you're going to have more of the success I mean traditionally most teams uh, defend the middle of the field yeah. it's the quickest way from goal to goal um, and so I, I think we have enough experience and quality to where if we switch the point of attack um, finding um, central players in positions to score goals in Sava in the last few games have has been in really really good spots some really good shots unfortunately they're just not falling 
So getting getting him in good spots, continuing to get surge in good spots, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, breaking through the middle or finding some wide play and overloads in the wide areas to, to create and, and break the corners and, and, and cross the ball, I, I think we have enough in our arsenal to be able to create goals. Uh, towards the end of last season, and kind of at the start of this season too, it felt like watching Real Salt Lake when you went on the road, you you embraced it, you almost enjoyed being the enemy, if you will. Uh, and not to say that you've lost any of that edge, but... I guess I haven't. No, it hasn't felt like it's been that way over the last month or two. Are you trying, trying to get that back? Is that part of this this trip? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Seattle is a good, uh, a good game for that type of momentum. You know, I think it's a very difficult place to play against a really good team, and uh, I think that's really it, it created the kind of mentality that you need when you go on the road. Again, it's not going to always be uh, a game where you're in control of it with the ball. And we have to be okay with that. And, and I think once you embrace that and you understand that it just takes one good opportunity to, to score a goal, and now they're coming on to you. And now the next phase of our game is really how do we get out of that low block when we're holding the lead and, and advance and gain territory and be able to control the game with the ball in later stages. But I think you're absolutely right. Uh, as you head down the stretch, whether it's home or away, you've you, you got to get points. Do you truly believe this, this particular group enjoys being uncomfortable? Um, I think, uh, you know, being that there's been a lot of change throughout the year, in particular losing Dami early on, uh, we've really lost that emotional presence, the leadership, the experience. Um, but what it's also done in that void is created uh, other players to step into that. You know, guys like Marcella have done a good job. Zach has done a good job. Uh, you know, Sava's coming in and done a good job. Miriam's done a good job. And so uh, with that void, it's been, it's been almost leadership through committee. Um, and uh, in a lot of ways, it's it's allowed us to to, to see who who's willing to to battle in times that are difficult. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, there's eight games left, and we still have a, a, a long ways to go. But I feel like this group has come into its own in, in a very unique way to be able to lead and and be uncomfortable and get results. Eight games left, as you mentioned. Road test against FC Dallas, Minnesota midweek road test against LAFC there'll be five games following that three game stretch and I know you can make up ground in five games but it it does feel like given the standings at the minute these next three games are potentially kind of make or break for for the club Um, what are you hoping and I know you're looking at FC Dallas and that's the the sole focus but I know you've also looked at Minnesota and LAFC and you've realised that they're following two games how many points are you trying to get out of these next three games um really it's i mean i know you want to say nine but it's probably a little unrealistic yeah yeah i I know but this league is at times unrealistic you know i think and that's why you don't look at like you don't want to go into these games and say let's get four points because why i mean if you're going to shoot might as well shoot high let's get let's get a great performance in in dallas try to get three points and then come back home against a good Minnesota team and, and uh, you know, get some of the stuff that we deserved, I think, back in, in, in Minnesota. And so it's like we want to win every game. And I know it's, it's, it's crazy to say, but that's the mindset. And that's why we put so much energy on one game and not looking at it as a block of three. Because if you start thinking three, you think, okay, we can relax this game if we have a tie because that's what we wanted. No, we want three every game. And so from, from just a – from – our perspective as, as a staff, looking at it like these next two games are really critical because these two teams are the closest to us in standings. So if we can put 
the best group given how we recover and where we're at physically and, and, and from an injury perspective, um, put our, you know, our two strongest groups in, the, in, 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 in these two games, whatever that looks like. And, and then we'll talk about LAFC. So really thinking about this game as the most important and then these next two games really being critical to, as, as to what you said as because of where they are in the standings. My unwarranted opinion is that if you can pick up six points in three games from a potential nine points, I think you'll get a home home playoff game. I like that. Okay. Uh, I think we have a good shot. Go get it. All right, buddy. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate you. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielso Lake puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.